With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Jay McKeever. Thanks for joining us, Jay. Pleasure to be here, Mike. Jay is the Chief of International Marketing at Syncom Systems. Absolutely. Uh, Before we go on, let me uh, share with you folks what's going to be coming up on the show next week. Who's going to be coming up on the show? We have a great guest next Thursday. We have Brad Cates, who's the new president of ProSource, a office document and software company. Next Friday, week from today, we have Lacey Jane Starling, whose company is Legion Logistics. Uh, then we're going to have a, a true Cincinnati entrepreneur, a fellow named Zachary Green, who raised over a million dollars for his startup company, MN8 Firefox. They produce and sell equipment for firefighters. So, among other things, they can find other firefighters in a smoke-filled room and avoid getting disoriented. And then that Friday, the 31st of May, we're going to have Chip Schreiber from Schreiber Security Systems. He's going to talk about security and monitoring. And the following week, on Thursday, June 6th, we're going to have Scott Davis from Penklor. They're they're the largest buyer of single-family residential units in the Cincinnati marketplace. It's a great story. And we've got some uh, some other great guests coming up later. I'll give you a preview uh, we have the CEO of Enerfab. They they have uh, three businesses, including uh, electrical contracting, and they make large steel vats for things like brewing wine and other spirits. Wendell Bell will be with us on June 27th. Let's tell everyone a little bit about Jay McKeever. Jay has been the director of marketing operations spanning 23 countries since 1999. And Jay's got an ex- extensive experience, knowledge, in, base in branding, corporate image, sales support, promotion campaigns, public relations, internet, social media, and content development. Jay also runs a radio show on WKRC here in Cincinnati, 550, called the Expert Access Radio. Uh, when is that show on, Jay, so everyone can listen to it? That show is on every Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Good. And as a host of the show, you've interviewed hundreds of business leaders and best-selling authors from all over the world. Jay's experience and career includes almost every aspect of business genre, with positions in communications. That was your major in college? That was. It tends to mean different things to different people. <laughs> it does. Almost like the word marketing. It, it, yeah. Well, you know, a degree proves that you're smart enough to learn how to do something else. Right, right. <laughs> I always like to say a degree gets you your first job out of college. There you go. What you do at the first job. Makes your, Keeps makes you going. Your you've been in human resources, operations, contracting, and marketing. And you began with Syncom back in 1966 as a business manager, managing all product royalty payments uh, from people who use your your software at Syncom. It was partners, but yeah. partners, okay. Mm-hmm. And you managed the telemarketing team and collections, as well as handling two project initiatives from Syncom. Does that mean new product launches? Yeah, initiatives. Yep. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a word that they use a lot of at P&G. <laughs> it disguises things a bit, doesn't it? At, at P&G, they don't have a sales opportunity. They have initiatives. Right. Prior to arriving at Syncom, Jay turned around an underperforming territory uh, with his innovative marketing strategies at a company called Mortgage Now, a Cincinnati mortgage lending organization. And he spent 17 years at the United Parcel Service. Jay has a bachelor's degree in communications from Xavier U- University, where he's currently on the board of executive advisors for the Department of Marketing at the Williams College of Business. Jay has a, a website and blog at syncom.com. And Jay, how many books have you written? I haven't written any books yet. My, I've got oh. a white paper, I think, is what you're oh, looking at. Oh, the white paper. Right. The white paper on Improving that. customer communications, personalized and consistent communications. Yeah. Okay. You, you remember the advisory board of the circuit? Mm-hmm. Uh, advisory board member of uh, the uh, marketing department at Xavier University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your media experience primarily includes radio, hosting a radio show. A variety show? Well, I, I think what you were looking at, I, I did radio in college as well. Oh, so I was a okay. communication major. I uh, did an old rock show. I've done When Swing Was King. Done a whole variety of hosts of radio. Okay, good. And now you're just doing business shows. Now I'm here with you. <laughs> good. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be on your show with our CEO, Dave Matson. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to be talking about the 49 Sandler Rules book. Yep. Looking forward to digging into that and then getting your experience and uh, David's as well on uh, how to put that into action. I wonder if he's going to reveal the secret of how we managed to get that book to number one. <laughs> we'll find out. I'll have to. I'll have to put that on my list. That'll be a big hot button to listen to your show. Mm-hmm. Is it June second at four uh-huh. p.m.? That's right. Okay. And that is also available on the KRC podcast if you want to go back after the fact. Yep, we're going to make it available in a lot of ways for people, so we'll make sure they hear us. Good. You also published something for Syncom. We we have a, a sister publication to Expert Access Radio. It's called Expert Access the E-Zine. So a lot of the people that I have interviewed are uh, regular contributors, mm-hmm. and they send their articles to us, and we send them out to a subscriber list of about 80,000 worldwide. A lot of business premier businesses on there, both uh, uh, prospects and clients for Syncom. Then we also have a a pretty good cadre of of professors and academic institutions that follow us. So we've got a following from Harvard, MIT, Stanford, some of the the best-known universities around. So we're, we're, we're proud of that. We put out good content. Good information that helps people perform better in their jobs on a daily basis, and uh, they reward us with uh, uh, their subscribers and uh, and their reads. Well, that's great. We should should give you a copy of of our white paper, Why Salespeople Fail and What to Do About It. Love to see that. We'll send you a copy of that uh, later tonight. Great. Uh, Why don't you tell us, Jay, a little bit more about Syncom? Some of our listeners may have heard the company name or maybe passed your building, Uh and and they don't really know what Syncom does. Yep. So I'm going to give you a a, a variety of takes on, on Syncom, Mike. The first one is kind of a little story. You know, throughout history, there have been misunderstandings about the reality of things. Stuff like, you know, the world's flat. If mm-hmm. God meant for men to fly, would have given them wings. Al Gore invented the Internet. So, I'll go for that one. Yeah. So, anyway, in 1968, the misconception was that uh, the business value was in hardware, not software. Mm-hmm. And uh, Syncom customers didn't believe that, and they helped us to pioneer the software industry. Uh, so, for 44 years now. Syncom has been solving software problems through our products, our services, our people, and delivering economic value to thousands of companies all over the world and helping them in grow and managing their businesses. So going back that far, you must have been a mainframe software company. Absolutely. So back in the day, we sold Syncom mainframe databases against free IBM databases. Mm -hmm. So our our founder, local Cincinnati guy, UC grad, UC uh, master, uh, Tom Neese started Syncom. Syncom stands for C- Cincinnati Computer. Pulled $600 uh, with two other guys, and uh, they started selling software against free software. And uh, we've now grown. We've got about 700 employees. We've got offices in 16 countries and customers in, I don't know, probably 90 countries. Wow. So it's it's been a long ride, and he's recognized as one of the pioneers in the industry. Uh, he's mm-hmm. uh, in the Smithsonian Institute, right along with uh, uh, Bill Gates and uh, the Watsons from uh, from IBM. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's it's been a wonderful story. Now we're not a household name, uh, but in in niche markets we're well known and well respected. We have thousands of customers, and we're proud of of our association with them. We're proud to deliver them value and help them solve complex problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you still in the database business? We do. We still have uh, a database that runs on mainframes, mm-hmm. as well as some application development tools that run on mainframes. So we still play in that sector. It started to dry up a little bit, as you might remember, uh, in the 80s, maybe the 90s, but it's made a resurgence. And uh, IBM is selling the daylights out of mainframes. And Dell, I think, has got some and some other hardware vendors. But mm-hmm. there is, HP. there's still a market for it because it provides things, uh, capabilities that uh, uh, the companies, especially big companies, need and desire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what other uh, services for uh, smaller caliber enterprises has Syncom branched out into? Well, we uh, we actually sell mostly in the enterprise level. I mean, our, our cutoff is about $50 million and up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on who you're talking to on a given day. Uh, companies like IBM and, and Oracle would say those are small businesses. We think $50 million is a pretty sizable business. And then, you know, up into the billions of dollars. But uh, uh, we have uh, a whole host of products. Uh, we I can run you through them, or I can just give you kind of the, 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 the cliff notes of that. Let's go for the cliff notes so we don't yeah. take uh, the next 60 minutes. Very good. So, <laughs> Mike, one of the things that happened early on in uh, Syncom's growth and development was that we found ourselves in a concentration uh, with manufacturers. So we began to develop uh, manufacturing systems and are still strong in that area today. So we have a couple of different offerings for manufacturers. We've got an ERP system and then some complementary offerings to that. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, uh, products in the document automation space. We have a call center technology. So when you call a 1-800 number and the gal at the end of the line accesses your information, does all that, our, our, our software manages all of that. Uh, we have... Uh, new and old application development tools. I'd mentioned we have one that does the old 4GL languages written for mainframes, mm-hmm. but we also have a, a new modern um, uh, object-oriented uh, development language called Smalltalk. And we've got really a, a whole host of products uh, focused largely at manufacturing and financial service, but really we have customers in, in, in most all of the major verticals. That's interesting. I didn't realize you had a call center application that that actually controls the call center on someone else's hardware yep inbound and outbound as well so we can manage either one and uh, allow agents to uh, easily uh, go through a number of the systems you know how it's frustrating you call someone they have to transfer you to another operator if you're talking to the service department and you wanted to get the accounts payable right it drives you nuts though right people Absolutely. hate it i hate it but uh, what we do is we take all of that muss and fuss out of there and hit it right at the fingertips of the agent where you need it when you need it so is your system something that rides on top of, uh, say, a Nortel yep. or a Via telephone system? Absolutely. That rides in there, or you have put a separate computer in? Well, it, we, we run through those systems, so it would be run. It would run on the network. Our, our software would run on the network, and then we use those systems to uh, uh, hook in through that network into the, the phone system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or the internet system. Good. Yeah. I, I was thinking of maybe Stanley Steamer, someone who needs your your software. Well, yeah. Well, let's hope let's hope they're listening. <laughs> let's hope our guys are actually out there calling them, right? Yeah, they should be. You know, <laughs> they've only got three or four hundred people on the phones. Yeah, yeah. So, and and that's what you know, large applications like that, or that's, that's where we specialize, the big centers. Yeah, you know, those guys are uh, handling you know from several hundred to several thousand telephone calls in the few minutes mm-hmm. after the Stanley Steamer ads run on television. Yep, yeah, right. Yep, that, that's and peak time, isn't it? Peak traffic, peak traffic, and uh, could be a problem for some people. Absolutely. Before we go on, we're going to take a a short commercial break here. We're going to talk about the – we're going to hear Jimmy Fox talk about the Tip Club meeting coming up uh, in a couple of weeks on May 23rd, 7.30 a.m. here at my training center in Eastgate. Let's listen to what Jimmy has to say. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. 
We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Jay McKeever from Syncom Systems. Jay, uh, perhaps you could tell our listeners how a, a large company like Syncom goes to market. Well, uh, Mike, as you can imagine, we uh, use every channel at our disposal to uh, get the word out about the value that we can deliver for our mm-hmm. customers. So we have uh, uh, almost 50 websites worldwide that we maintain for our product teams and, and uh, our partners and our customers. 50 sites, wow. Yeah, yeah. got them in, in Chinese and in Japanese and French and, uh, you know, a variety of languages because we have, uh, have customers in all those areas and we've got to cater to their specific needs. But uh, So the Internet is a big thing for us. Email is, is of course, another big one. Uh, you mentioned I've got a radio program that I do and, and a, a newsletter that accompanies that, which has been very helpful for us as, in addition to a number of other newsletters. Uh, we've got a standing sales force, a uh, little over 100 worldwide. Um, that, that services uh, the seven major product teams that we have that we're actively selling right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got a whole host of pre-sales people that support them, a uh, big marketing crew that works with me, and then certainly engineering for a software company. Software engineering is a big component of it. So about 50%, we've got about 700 employees worldwide, and about 50% of that force are uh, developers of one way or one kind or another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a, it's a lion's share of what we do. In fact, our our founder, Tom Neese, is a, he was a sales guy at IBM before he founded Syncom. Mm-hmm. So he's fond of selling, and he's often laments the uh, he'd like to have more salespeople and fewer the technologists. But uh, right now in the software industry, you've got to keep the technology sharp. So uh, we've got that, that mix, uh, and we also uh, have uh, a lot of partners. Each of our product areas uh, have part, a partner network that assists us in selling. So we, we try to get more feet on the street that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so traditional direct selling and uh, with the, the full support of my marketing team. So we have inside lead generation, inside sales, and then uh, the direct sales to follow up on that. So we have a whole process that we work up uh, from initial contact right into closed sale. Do you have a system that you track the effectiveness of the marketing channels? Yeah, we have a, uh, a technology that we've purchased. It's called Eloqua. Hmm. And okay, is one of the, yeah, it's a marketing automation system. It's one of the better ones around. And then that feeds into our sales opportunity um, uh, software, which is Microsoft CRM. Microsoft is a big partner of ours. Are so we use, their, yeah, we use their CRM system. We also sell it. It's a complementary uh, tool to some of our manufacturing technology. Sandler Training actually has a uh, Microsoft CRM add-on for the Sandler methodology. Oh, fantastic. So you're, you're well-versed with it as well. Mm, I, I happen to think it, we, we have... Several add-ons, uh-huh. uh, but the Microsoft CRM tool is, I thought, the best integrated mm-hmm. to avoid double entry of data by the sales team. Yeah. Yep. So single entry covers both the Sandler methodology as well as the generic or foundational mm-hmm. CRM entries. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah, we had to spend a little time when we got the Eloqua system, uh, implementing it into the CRM system. Our IT guys uh, did a great job with that, though. And so for me as a marketer, I can look at my first touch with a prospect 
and follow that all the way through to either a no decision, a loss, or a win. Mm-hmm. And that that way I can gauge every step of the way. So you can tell whether a magazine ad was effective right. or ineffective? Yep. How whether a trade show appearance in Stuttgart, Germany was a worthwhile investment of time and labor? Yep. Did we get did we get that guy or somebody from his, his uh, company there? Mm-hmm. Did we move the ball a little further toward the goal? So, yeah, that's uh, that's the whole idea. Good. Most companies don't track it that well. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it's important to us. Uh, you know, it's it, it, in in your experience, you've seen marketers uh, are always trying to, I, I guess, to justify mm-hmm. what they're doing, why they're doing it, and what the value is. And so this gives me the tool that I need. I, I can look at it uh, at various campaigns, and I can sit down with my sales team, so we can go over the results. And either we agree or, uh, well, mostly we agree, but then we agree on what worked and what didn't, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, that's that been very helpful to us. We did a, a study for a client probably 15 years ago uh, on their magazine ads and how effective they were. They mm-hmm. sold through distribution. Mm-hmm. And we came up with the, a, a, a most um, unbelievable result that the magazines that they were uh, advertising in, mm-hmm. there was one that was 70% more effective than any of the others. Oh, my gosh. And the two issues the issue directly before a trade show and the issue at the trade show right. were the only two issues, mm-hmm. the only two issues that actually resulted in dramatic sales. Right. So you know what we did? As the, the only two that you used. Our marketing director cut off the rest <laughs> of the magazine right. ads. Yeah. Okay. And uh, spent money on mm-hmm. more advertising in the two issues that right. we, we judged were effective. Yep. Uh, uh, why do you think people buy from Syncom? Well, the reason that they buy from Syncom is that uh, we're able to provide a greater value than the cost we ask. And uh, we provide uh, a greater lifetime value uh, than many of our competitors do. A lot of our customers are 10, 15-year, 20-year clients. Mm-hmm. And in this in this day and age for technology, that's that's not commonplace. And so that's a it's a strong selling point for us, amongst other things. That we implement faster. We have our sales model is one that doesn't have a heavy service component to it. We're fairly efficient on that side. So, in in the technology industry, you have a software and a service component and a sale, and there's a ratio. So for every dollar of software you spend, there's two, three, five, ten dollars in service revenue to implement it. And mm-hmm. so we we're at a maybe a, a a one to two, a one to three, maybe tops one to five. A lot of our competitors are, are are ten or more, and so that's a competitive advantage for us. The return on investment is much faster. The implementation time is is faster. So it uh, th- those are things that uh, our customers find very attractive. Mm-hmm. So does any of your software go down to uh, smartphones or des- desktop PCs? We have some of it where uh, where needed uh, that, that plays on on mobile devices. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a, a product called Acquire, and Acquire is is to, it assists sellers. Okay, and what it does is it brings the back office right to the sales situation. So say you're selling Mike a Caterpillar Earth Grader, mm-hmm. you could sell that. Uh, there's probably twenty thousand different combinations you could build a, a, a caterpillar, caterpillar earth grader. Oh yeah, that's a and real so, problem. So yeah, before the guy, well, it would be. So you're taking all these things down and you're writing it down on your pad of paper, and then you say, well, okay, we'll, we'll get we'll back to you, get back to you with a bid on this in two three weeks. Yeah, and the guy asking for it may ask for two or three mutually exclusive options. <laughs> that very well could be. But what we do is that we take that three weeks down to uh, thirty minutes three hours, whatever the case might be. We, we Our technology can really put that at the point of sale. We make it easier to buy from people, and that's an attractive thing, as you probably well know in the selling field. Okay, so it's kind of like a configurator for cars that they have online. Yeah. Some manufacturers do anyway. It, it, it's one of the, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a supercharged configuration system. Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, what do you think? your salespeople would say are their biggest obstacles in selling your software? 
I, well, Mike, they're probably going to have a, a lot of the same obstacles that, that you're going to hear from most salespeople. I mean, mm-hmm. in today's world, uh, people are bombarded with information. They don't answer their telephones. You get a lot of voicemail. They don't answer their, their emails. They block emails. Um, they're, they're hard to reach. They're hard to get through. So uh, that's one of the biggest laments that we hear. Uh, the, the complication for us uh, in the software industry is that it's gone from one or two people that that buy technology to there's a buying committee now. And so you're selling a lot of times to uh, a, an actual buyer, but you're selling to a technologist, you're selling to a couple of business people, you've got an executive sponsor in there somewhere, and each of those people has a different idea or a different set of emotions that you've got to try to check. And mm-hmm. so it's 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 more complex. You have to work harder in the selling cycle. The communication is is much more complicated. There's an exponential factor on that. So it's not just being buddy buddy with one guy and going in and, and selling them. It's it's understanding what this buying committee wants. How uh, the politics on that work? Are you up against an an, an incumbent or are you trying to, to sell new? And so there's it's uh, it, it, that's really hard I think for sales guys and it's tough on on a marketer to enable them to, you know, what what tools do they need at what points in that selling cycle for what audience? So understanding those different personas and how to tee up and how to really hit the sweet spot for them. It's uh, Those are some of the laments that we're hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you, when you run into a deal like that with a buying committee mm-hmm. uh, with multiple players, what's the average uh, ticket size? Well, we, we our average deal is about uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and goes upwards from there. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, it's no small purchase. It's not a snap decision. And the the duration selling cycle is uh, anywhere from six months to twenty four months, depending on what it may be. I mean, if you're looking at at our ERP packages, that's that runs a whole manufacturing operation. Mm-hmm. So, so you it, compete with uh, SAP, SAP, Oracle. Um, some of the smaller companies as well. It's there's a, there's a lot of competition there. Yeah, SAP, my son-in-law's company, put that in. Okay, it must have cost them ten million dollars by the time they finished. Well, and that's what I was talking about when you talk about that uh, services to software ratio. A company like that is going to have a higher ratio. They like to see those implementation cycles be years. It was years, not months. It was years, right? And you'll you'll read about uh, you know a lot of those are scrapped. Ford Motor Company about ten years ago they had two hundred million dollars in an ERP implementation and they just gave up. They went back to the way they were doing it. Their, their CIO lost his job over that. <laughs> it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's not a simple process. And so you know when you look at it, am I going to buy something that costs that much, that takes that long, that has such disruption to the operations of my business? You have to think long and hard about it. It's not a quick decision by any stretch. Yeah. Well, when I got to look over the shoulder of that ERP installation, <laughs> uh, there were several employees who were full-time uh-huh. uh, drafted out of their regular jobs mm-hmm. into this implementation. Right. Um, so we've done something pretty nifty. Uh, we've uh, partnered with Microsoft. They have Dynamics AX, which is uh, a base manufacturing platform, and then our technology total sits on top of that. We've got 40-some years of manufacturing expertise that we've put into that. It's a great complement to what Microsoft has done. So we have the power now of both of our companies, and we're able to uh, stand shoulder to shoulder in any selling situation with some of those big competitors like uh, Oracle and SAP that uh, you mentioned. Many people may not have heard of that. Why don't you say say that again? Microsoft, Manufacturers, uh, Microsoft has a manufacturing package called? Uh, Dynamics AX. Dynamics AX. Yep. Mm-hmm. How long has that been around? Uh, you know, it's that I'm not quite sure about. Okay. I had never heard of it. Yeah. Well, you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear a lot more about it. I'm sure I will, <laughs> especially if it's less expensive than SAP. It, well, that that's our goal. Mm-hmm. That's a good goal to have. Mm-hmm. Jay, I think we're going to take a uh, another short commercial break okay. here, and uh, we'll listen to a sound of commercial or two. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. 
I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Jay McKeever from Syncom. Jay, why don't you tell our listeners how they can contact you or Syncom after they've heard the show? Okay, very good. So if you want to find out about Syncom, I'll send you to our website. That's www.syncom.com. Me personally, my email address is the letter J, my last name, McKeever, M-C-K-E-V as in Victor, E-R, at Syncom, C-I-N-C-O-M dot com. Uh, our telephone number is uh, 513-612-2300 or 1-800-4-SYNCOM. Good. Jay, we have a uh, a rule here that simple solutions to complex problems mm-hmm. are invariably wrong. <laughs> Therefore, if you're going to solve a complex problem, you're not, you need a equally complex solution that's up to the task. Right. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you ran into someplace in your career and the equally complex solution that you used to solve it. Okay. Well, I, you know, if, if you take a look at what Syncom does, that, that's primarily the service that we provide. We help businesses that have very complex processes, services, products, and we help them to simplify as best we can those complex things. Now, as, as you say, it's not an easy thing. We, we, we like to say we make it easy. We make it easy with a heck of a lot of work behind it. But our knowledge over time, our ability over time, our understanding of industries and how they operate does help us to um, to take our knowledge and apply it to their situations and, and help them specifically. So we talked before a little bit about a Caterpillar sale, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you another one that's very similar to that. We worked with a company called Green Heck Fan. Green Heck Fan makes exhaust fans. Mm-hmm. Now, they it might be an exhaust fan for a mom-and-pop simple kitchen, or it could be an exhaust fan for a cafeteria operation that has thousands of seats and uh, runs a number of cooktops and so forth. Well, what our technology will help Green Heck do is when they sell that fan, okay, there is there are state codes. Every state has a different code for how you would set up a ventilation system in an <laughs> In a restaurant, and that's all based on that. You're making faces. You know what I'm talking about. Does this sound complex to you? Oh yeah, awfully complex. When you put rules and regulations, government rules and regulations, into the sale of anything, you can complicate the daylights out of it. So what we're able to do is program all of those rules and regulations into our package, so that when the sales guy goes to quote at the restaurant site, he doesn't have to look that up. He doesn't have to call his back office expert. All he's got to do is hit, check the boxes. The system does it for him, and he's off and running. They get the they get the system all buttoned up the way it's supposed to be. Uh, no no misorders, no miscalculations, no misbuilds. Right time every time. 
Mm. It kind of reminds me of the the problem we had in Los Angeles. I lived there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Los Angeles uh, fire marshal had special fire codes yeah. for equipment that you plugged into a regular AC outlet. Mm-hmm. And, and they were more stringent than UL. <laughs> well, so a lot of yeah. people, including me probably, would plug in equipment mm-hmm. that was manufactured, say, for the Ohio market or the New York market mm-hmm. that didn't meet. Los Angeles fire code. Right. And who knew? Hey, on the residential level, it was, prob- it was never going to be inspected. Yeah. On You're a right. factory level. In, in a commercial build, setting, you got to have gonna that right. It's going to be inspected. Yeah, there's going to be an inspector sure. looking for the seal, making sure that you meet met the code. Uh, over there at Syncom, what mm-hmm. do you see as the opportunities and possibilities in your business? Well, we see opportunity just about everywhere we look. If you think about the technology business, the technology industry, it's it's growing. Mm-hmm. There's opportunity around every bend. And, and, and we, we, with the history that we have, with the years that we've been doing this, we understand how to work with the old technology. We understand how to maintain it. We understand how to modernize it. We understand how to match it and couple it with new technology. And we keep adding to that portfolio. So we can extend the life of things if if customers find that attractive. We can put in plans for them to rip and replace. So really any facet of technology that we're pursuing right now, I I see a great opportunity. Now, we talked about our partnership with Microsoft. We're very excited about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Microsoft is certainly a a great company to be partnered with, and uh, but even more so because their technology, their philosophy, their way of approaching things matches ours very well, and we think that that uh, is really going to be something that's going to be favorable in the marketplace with our customers, with our prospects. Mm-hmm. Is there anything on the horizon uh, like there was 15 years ago with software programs for the legacy mainframes had to be updated or replaced for the year 2000? Right. Is there anything looming on the horizon like that? I did not, Nothing that is quite as frightening as that had been. Mm-hmm. Um, or really a, a non-issue that that became. But, um, you know, a lot of people... It was made a real issue for some companies. A lot of people made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, make no mistake about it. And we certainly, uh, uh, we were right there with our customers and uh, didn't, didn't miss a beat. You know, there were a lot of people holding their breath when the uh, clock struck 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, uh, I remember... Uh, a lot of phone calls around. Everything okay there? Everything all right there? You know, as as the as the sun moved across the world, mm-hmm. we were checking. So you know, we were starting in the uh, the Asian markets mm-hmm. early, but uh, it, I don't I don't know of anything like that in the horizon. Now you're talking to a marketing guy. The technology uh, uh, half of our company might very well understand some things like that looming, but there's nothing that they're bubbling up to me to start uh, at least talking about and engaging the market with. Okay. Uh, you guys have a long-term strategic planning process over there at Syncom? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, and a lot of that, honestly, is customer-driven. Um, we we listen very carefully to the wants and needs of our current customers as well as uh, as best we can with the prospects that we talk to. Do you have a users group there? We have user groups with all of our products, absolutely. Separate user group for each product? In fact, we were the first company that did that. Really? Yeah. There's a there is a whole I've got, got almost two pages of, of firsts in the in the technology industry that uh, Syncom was a leader in, um, including uh, the first U.S. company to uh, U.S. technology company to become an international company. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it's things like that that uh, that landed us in the Smithsonian Institute. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, as a marketing guy, mm-hmm. what do you think your prospective clients are really looking for in the next level of software? Well, we we touched on it a a little bit. People are looking to to make things more simple with what they do. And again, that's that's easier said than done. But business processes keep becoming more complex the way that companies sell, the channels. I mean, if you think about it, think, think 10 years ago, there was just a couple of marketing channels that somebody like I, I would have to pursue. Uh, we didn't have social media. We didn't have a YouTube channel. We didn't have uh, all of the Internet and the blogs and, and social media. And so that, that – It was it, simpler. 
And so, you know, businesses are very much that way. I mean, there are the the way that people go to market it becomes increasingly more complex. And so the onus falls on company like uh, companies like ours to help them manage their data, manage their processes, manage their people, and do it in an efficient manner and one that's repeatable and one that makes them uh, either saves them money or makes them money. You know, that's the end game, isn't it? Well, you're responsible for worldwide marketing. That's correct. Uh, is all of worldwide marketing run out of here in the United States, or is it run in each country, say England or or yeah. Mexico or Brazil. Right. Well, that's that, that's a good question. It, the the way that we approach it is we try to to we our, our goal is that we have between seventy five or eighty percent of anything starts here in the United States. This is where our world headquarters is. This is where all of our product management resides. Um, but we're we're not foolish enough to believe that everything we do in the United States is going to work in all these other markets. So we try to then, I, I have teams in, in many areas throughout the world, uh, either geographically or language-based uh, teams, uh, to help me then make that, make the products, make the efforts, make the marketing uh, localized and culturized. So okay. you, you'll have a team, say, in Germany or in China, Mm-hmm. To, right. to, to handle the marketing of a product that's going to be released in those yeah. countries. So the basic tenets of a, of a software package are going to be the same anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. a manufacturing operation in China has the same problems that a manufacturing operation in the United States has. But there are differences in how you market that. There are differences in how you build the technology. There's certainly language issues. Mm-hmm. So rather than sit here and say, oh, yeah, we'll figure it all out from the United States, it, it has proven much more um, reliable for us to have nationals in all these areas to help us to understand the hows and whys in those areas. How do you handle the marketing translation for language to language? Uh, there are a lot of services that, that do it, so we use some services, so we outsource some of that. But I've got I've got uh, people uh, in France and in Germany and in other areas like that that do nothing more than translate for us. They've been doing it for a long time, as a matter of fact. So they're company employees who speak English uh-huh. and German or, mm-hmm. or English and yeah. uh because it, it, not nice. only do, do I take care of all of the uh, marketing content, but my team also writes all the documentation and the training materials for the software itself. So, <laughs> so you need a, a, a we, manual in Mandarin, right? Uh, we need, and so, you know, now again, on a case by case basis, we either have somebody in the country if we've got a good presence there, and if not, we'll uh, we'll sub that work out and have people help us. But it's got to be done. You, they've got to understand how to use the technology. Well, <laughs> it's a big job. And yes, it is. Uh, I guess with several of my clients over the years have been in the translation business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some examples of terrible translations. <laughs> yes. Where they lose the the meaning and context, right? But the word for word translation might be correct. Well, and we've had situations where we name a product here in the United States, and then the translation in other countries is uh, sometimes less than ideal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Chevrolet had that with the Nova. <laughs> Made uh, a few problems. Okay. Let's ask one more question before we listen to a Sandler rule. All right, very good. Uh, on the internet, mm-hmm. uh, are you guys doing all of that internally, or do you use an outside software developer for your internet websites? No, we have. Uh, I have a marketing web and automation team mm-hmm. that reports up through me. So we do all of the programming, we do all the design, and they also maintain that Eloqua system because that sits underneath all of our websites and captures information and facilitates the content the whole nine yards. So yeah, we've got, I've got all the tech people that are working on my side. Mm -hmm. And you do your own website search optimization for Google and keywords. We do. We got, we got an SEO expert uh, on on staff. staff. So Mike, I have what, what, what I describe as a holistic marketing team. We do it almost all of it in house. So I've got writers, I've got graphic designers, I've got a PR team. I've got project managers. I've got the marketing web and automation teams. Uh, I've got strategists, just about any of the campaign management specialists, uh, the in-house uh, lead generation team. So we uh, scoop the nuts. We, we we do it. Okay. So here's a fast question, maybe with a fast answer. Then we'll <laughs> go to a commercial break. Let's say at 4 o'clock today, mm-hmm. I go onto one of your websites 
and I want a white paper on one of your products. Uh-huh. And I'm sure your your website immediately after it collects my email address and contact information, right. phone number, mm. uh, sends me an email with the white paper. That's correct. How long does it take to, for that information to get into the hands of the appropriate sales representative? Well, it's almost instantaneous. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Now, our problem there, and if we have time, I can tell you now. If not, we can do it after the after the commercial break. Uh, let's do. Let's pick it up after the commercial break. Very good. Let's listen to San Rule number forty four. to talk about Rule 44. If your foot hurts, you're probably standing on your own toe. Here's an example. You go through your proposal with the prospect. Everything looks great. Your prospect is responding in a positive fashion to the information that you brought to the table. Um, Everyone feels good. You wrap up and move forward for the order, only to find that the prospect says that they have to take your information to a committee. At this point, you can get angry with the prospect. Why didn't they bring that up? Why didn't they tell you that they were going to have to take this information to somebody else before they could make a decision? Well, it's your job to ask the right questions to uncover roadblocks and potential problems ahead of time so that you don't find yourself scrambling at a future date when it's already too late. So take responsibility when the prospect brings up new problems and challenges. If you ask the right questions ahead of time, you can diffuse a situation before it's too late. And next time you're faced with the situation, the results will be positive. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Jay McKeever from CINCOM Systems. Jay, let's pick up... uh, kind of where we left off. Okay. So you were describing if you go to our site and you download a white paper. Yep. And so, I, I get the white email with mm-hmm. the white paper. Mm-hmm. How long does it take before this salesperson gets notice? Yeah. So if, if that sales guy is keeping an eye on his CRM system, mm-hmm. it's going to populate in that CRM system uh, that that particular person at that company, if it's one of the prospects that he's following, mm-hmm. um Download the white paper. And if it's not the salesperson, it, it could be uh, our inside sales rep or our lead generator. But all of those things trigger actions in our system. So, so that's that's all automated. I, let's say I was completely off your radar. He wasn't following me. He didn't know I existed. Mm-hmm. So we'll, I'm a new hire at the right. company. So that, you'd get that white paper, and what we'd either do is circle back to you in a few days' time and offer you additional content. Uh, so another white paper or maybe the opportunity to listen to a webinar, but we would try to keep communicating with you. Would it, that be the marketing department automatically attaching a action trail of actions to take on this prospect? In most cases, it would be. Now, again, if you are a key target for a salesperson, mm-hmm. he's going to know by company what individuals are interacting with our content and what they've done. So when you talk about would they get it, yes, he'd get it. The key is what does he do with it when he gets it? Because what we coach them on is you don't just pick up the phone and say, hey, Mike, I just saw you downloaded a white paper because that makes that makes the whole thing a little creepy. I feel like you've maybe been violated. Someone's looking over your shoulder and it's a – but if you were to call you yeah, up. That, that's an interesting point. If you were to call you up and say, I'd like to talk to you today knowing you had uh, just downloaded a paper on supply chain management, he'd say, you know what, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about how we solve problems in the supply chain management sector. And he would start hitting some of the tenants, some of the some of the key points that would be contained in that white paper. We've had some people on the show uh, that are high advocates of directly touching a prospect mm-hmm. who's obviously found you from a, a web search mm-hmm. Uh momentarily, within five minutes, mm-hmm. before the prospect can be touched by someone else who's on the, the next entry on the <laughs> Google page. Well, you know, there's a lot of schools of thought there. We try to 
uh, meter the conversation out a little bit mm -hmm. and be respectful of that person's privacy for a period of time. But if we see someone um, is consuming our content to the extent that we can see a trail there, they're, they're investigating some things. Mm -hmm. And if we start to see other people from that same company pop in, and so we might have uh, a uh, manager of IT and we might have a VP of sales and we might have you know, a couple of other people. Then we start saying, well, look, there's, this looks like there's a buying committee here, at least elements of it. And so that will trigger other responses for us. And we actually weight these things. And when, once they hit a certain weight, we have steps that we take, and those are predetermined steps to have follow-up. And that's the key, the follow-up. So, so that's the Eloqua software that, yep. that, that's ranking the value of each respondent. Yep, and we call it scoring. Scoring. So okay. we're going to score them, and when they hit certain values... Uh, we think that's about time um, to uh, uh, to give somebody a call, to reach out and touch somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a complex selling situation, it makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if you can begin. In fact, it, it's interesting. Eloqua calls this uh, digital body language. You know, in the old days when you were making a sales call, you sat in the office and you watched how the guy, uh, what he did is you talked to him, mm -hmm. right? And you could tell through his body language: was he interested? Is he leaning in? Is he is he or his eyebrows up, or is or is he sitting back in his chair? Is he looking out the window? Is he checking his, his watch? So you pick up on that body language. Well, what we do through this system is we pick up digital body language. So we look at the digital assets that they touch, and we try to make sense of that in some way, shape, or form, and calculate our actions based on some of that intelligence that mm -hmm. we collect. Here's an interesting scenario that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm a known entity in your software system. Mm-hmm. But my email address changes. What do you do? Well, we lose track of you. No, no, no. I I, I contact you again from a second email address, okay. same name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then we got then we got problems with our database. <laughs> but again, at some point in time, somebody's going to reach out to you. If if you, at least if you percolate to. Yeah, I, I went from Sandler Systems to Avis. Right. Same same human being. Yeah. Two unique. Uh, email addresses. Right. So the, the system, if we're sending stuff um, to Sandler and you've now moved to Avis, mm -hmm. uh, those it'll start bouncing those emails, and the system automatically purges things like that from the system. So once it's, once an email is bounced so many times, or if we get an out of office or a no longer works here, the system will purge those things. We'll no longer send emails to that. When you make yourself known at your new email address, you're in the system with the new company. We begin building data there. Mm hmm Okay. Uh, now, you manage a department, Jay, with how many people? About 65 worldwide. Okay, so that's a lot of folks. It's a fair amount. And you've been doing it for more than 10 years, since yeah. 1999. Uh, perhaps you could share with our listeners and other CEOs uh, a leadership tip that, that you've found useful in dealing with so many people in different locations. Okay. Um, for me, first and foremost, is uh, I... I Respect diversity. Um, we have a, a wide variety of people on my team. So I've got guys that have been uh, marketers for 40-plus years. They've been agency owners, uh, right down to we've got interns fresh out of journalism school or still in journalism school or graphic designers. And that mix, for me, is the lifeblood, having the different perspectives, the different ideas. It keeps people on their toes. It keeps people thinking fresh. So for me, it's diversity. Mm -hmm. Diversity and being aware of it and yep. treating each person differently for right. their cultural background. Yeah. That's you good. never know where the next great idea is going to come from. That's great. Uh, eventually, when I got a, I've got a great idea, I'm, I'm going to cut together all of these leadership tips from uh, over 100 idea. guests. Right. Now, uh, 2013, we're almost halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. Does income Systems see this as a year to hire p new people? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was just talking with uh, one of my HR representatives yesterday. She'd just gotten back from a career fair. They were. Uh, it was a, a veteran career fair, and we uh, we always pursue veterans, but we're hiring on a number of fronts right now. We're, we're mm -hmm. growing in several areas, so it's, yes, we're, we're looking for uh, good things this year. What, what areas are you growing most in? Um, well, we, we've got sales positions open. We've got services positions open. We've got some developmental spots 
So really a, a, a variety, and I would encourage people to reach out, uh, 513-612-2300, and ask for the HR department. Okay. Uh, it's interesting that you say that, that you're hiring. I was reading the other day that uh, Inquire Media or Scripps is, is attempting to hire a total of 100 digital media right. sales reps, huh. which I thought was an astonishing number of of people you're right uh for this territory well yeah with that without knowing i, I would, when you said that i was thinking that would be a national effort um that's to my understanding they they're giving these people uh individual territories wow well and maybe it is national maybe they have some some other stuff yeah. I haven't spoken to all hundred people. It's it's good to see. It's nice to see companies hiring. I think we can both agree on that. Yes, and, and digital advertising mm-hmm. uh, uh, for a, a newspaper based, TV station based mm-hmm. company it was uh, it was quite a pleasant surprise to see that we are seeing that yeah. increase in demand for mm-hmm. good sales talent. That's right. It's helpful to you and your company. It can be. Not That's everyone's right. trainable. <laughs> now, we both know that from experience. Yes, we've 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 had some some strange birds in here. <laughs> I always I always say to people, you can't pay me to train someone who's untrainable. Right. So either we'll take them out of the program, mm-hmm. or you can tell them to sit in the back of the room and keep their mouth shut. <laughs> but many times they become uh, the bad ones. Uh, become a cancer in a sales organization, and it's right. much better to take them out. Uh, I agree. Put them in a job driving a UPS truck where they can't do much <laughs> harm, right? Uh, let's see. we got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, Jay, if you could fix one problem in marketing that that you perceive and you could get this problem fixed totally in, in the next year, mm-hmm. what problem would you fix? Well, one of the, issue. yeah, one of the things that that we've been trying hard to do, and it's not a simple thing, is to use a point of view in the content that we produce that is customer based. All right, so it's not what I Syncom can do for you; it's what you can do with us. All right, we just try to flip flip the idea around, and it's so you know Syncom has. Uh, XYZ and XYZ will make you better and this one's faster and this one's bigger and this one's shinier. No, what we want to talk about is is how that really changes you and your job and your company and the transformation that will provide. And it might sound simple, but it's very hard to get people to think that way. We're in a uh, a company and I, you know there's a blessing and a curse of being one of the world's oldest software companies and that is uh, in, in the old days you sold features and functions. Okay, today. I- 1912, Dale Carnegie, sell features and benefits. That's right. Today you sell value, and value starts in the mind of the buyer. So we talk about buy cycles, not sell cycles. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, when you talk to Dave Matson, you might want to stop there because we we can have an hour conversation on that alone. <laughs> Would he and I be kindred spirits there? I don't I don't know. In Sandler, <laughs> we say uh, qualify, close, and then present. Ah, yeah. Okay. If they don't qualify, right which means they have the problems that you can cure and enough of them sufficient to spend the budget mm-hmm. that they need to buy your product or service. Yep. And then, in fact, you're talking to everyone you need in the decision-making process mm-hmm. based on history. You can't go forward. Right. After you have problems, budget, and decision-makers, then you close them. I agree. Before you do the demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa liked to say he was the best-kept secret in sales in America. <laughs> and, uh, Jay, we're just about out of time, so All right. we're giving you a copy of the Sandler book, 49 Sandler Rules. That's right. Thank it's you. Autographed copy. You read it. I really appreciate Inside it. Inside there, you'll find a million dollars because I help everyone make at least a million dollars. Beautiful. A copy of our calendar and a couple of free training passes. Thanks again for appearing on the show, Jay. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good. Scott, why don't you take it away? 
Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.